Rick Holm, our Prairie Doc, is in the studio ready to answer your questions of a medical nature. Dr. Holm's specialty is internal medicine. He's a physician with the Avira Medical Group Brookings, a clinical professor at the University of South Dakota Sanford School of Medicine, and affiliated with the South Dakota State University, Dr. Holm conducts medical research. Dr. Holm and I are happy to welcome Dr. Deb Johnston. Dr. Johnston is a family medicine physician with the Avira Medical Group Brookings. We'll join the program in progress as Dr. Holm is explaining his upcoming trip to Rapid City in order to tape some of his television programs. We're going to have a fundraiser for, you know, Healing Words and on-call television, radio, everything, because we've not been West River and really had a lot of chance to talk to people out West River. So we're going to do that tonight at... Uh, Sponsored by David Hike and Jim Engelbrecht, good friends, and they're on our board. And uh, well, you certainly have had West River physicians yes, on your television program. We, you just haven't been out there in person. And we haven't done uh, as much. If you look at the numbers, you know, we have more East River than we West River. We'd like to have a better presence of uh, West River physicians. So tomorrow we're going to have a show on neurodegenerative diseases with. Uh, Jennifer Kruger and the head of the the uh, school uh, out there, um, and his name is escaping me right now. That's okay. And then uh, we're going to have a, a show on arthritis pain management uh, with Jennifer May and Chris Diedrich. He's a he's a physiatrist rehab doctor pain management. Ooh. And she is a, a rheumatologist. And then we're going to do a show on um, American Indian health. And it will uh, include Don Warren, who is uh, the head of the public health uh, school at North Dakota. He's from Pine Ridge originally and is a, a Native American uh, physician, MD, and master of public health. And it's the only public health uh uh, school in the country that has a major in um, uh, American Indian health. Wow. And then uh, also S Sandra Ogunremi, who is the the uh, public health person that works at Rapid Regional. Yeah. No, wh what's the lady rancher doctor out there? Oh, uh, Joy. Um, if you couldn't hear Bob's question, yes, who's the who lady rancher Joy, the lady rancher doctor out right. there, Joy Falkenberg. Who uh, has really been, uh, uh, in you know, one of the major West River doctors that we've been able to have on the show? She's just, she's um, just bubbly uh, personality, rancher woman, you know, horsewoman yeah. kind of a thing. Well, you anyone who's seen your TV show does. has seen her, <laughs> and she has been fun to watch. Yep, she so. has. Right but now, today, today, right now, we have Dr. Deb Johnston and on I'm our fun show, too. and you're fun too. <laughs> you're a bubbly, fun person to be at, to have on the show, and we're glad you've joined us. I'm glad to be here. And you know, the topic for tomorrow night's television show, which will be live and will be direct, uh, uh, l run by uh, Rob Allison from Pier is about haute cuisine or h-a-u-t-e cuisine which is all about you know the french cooking and fancy stuff fancy stuff and so and, but he's talking about cooking correctly for health well that should be an interesting show i know dr johnson whenever she comes has one thing in her mind and if you're wondering what it is you <laughs> stick around because right after this break we'll tell you what it is okay 
Hi, welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. We're so happy to have Dr. Holm here before he leaves for his westward journey. And uh, mm-hmm. our guest today is Dr. Deborah Johnston, who is also a physician with the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Before the break, I said, Dr. Johnston has one thing on her mind every time she comes in. The floor is yours, Dr. Johnston. Vaccines. I'd love to talk about vaccines because anything we can prevent is just it's worth pops. two two in the bush is worth one what one mm-hmm. in the bush is worth two in the hand t- yeah, three. two in the hand is worth one in the bush yeah, all right that's that's the saying <laughs> and that is so true i mean if we can head off a problem ahead of time that's uh that's just fabulous and that's going to be what you're talking about too and what your show is about with the cooking tips and and everything like that but the prevention, big prevention, right. prevention. It's all about prevention. Um, the big vaccine right now is the flu shot. And I have two very disappointed children at home because they are really used to getting that nasal flu mist. And they were so sad when I told them that they don't get to have that this year. They're going to have to have an actual shot. And that's because the CDC came out and said, oh, it's Doesn't just work. not going to work. It doesn't work yeah. as well, does it? It doesn't work as well. M- who knows? Maybe next year. I don't know. Maybe they'll get a better one. Maybe they'll get it yeah. get it better. I don't know. So do you know who the, the, the most vaccinated state is in the country? Number one in the country for the most highest percentage of people who've had flu vaccines. I know. Is it us? It it's is us. Oh, South my gosh. Dakota. That's wonderful. Way to go, South Dakota. It's because you know. Deb and Rick push it up. I, I think so, too. <laughs> I, uh, I take a little responsibility because whenever we can bring it up, we bring it up on our TV show. And I think yep. we have a significant watchership. And uh, I think we've promoted the crap out of it, along with this, our wonderful health department, you know, led by Lon Keitinger. We have a wonderful health department in this state. We do. South Dakota Health Department. We do. So we're number one in the nation, but we're not... uh, We're not as good as we could be. I have too many people that turn it down and too many people that don't think of it. What are real reasons not to take the flu shot? The biggest real reason that I think to not take the flu shot is if you have a legitimate egg allergy. And even then, a lot of those people can take the flu shot depending on the severity of their allergy uh, and the the concentration of the egg protein in the vaccine. Um, honestly, that's about the only one that I can think of. I'll sometimes delay it if I have people on high doses of steroids for an acute illness. Um, we'll and wait until they're done with the steroids. I'll wait until, exactly. And their immune system kicks, kicks in. back in. But I just delay it. I don't recommend that those people don't take it. In fact, I usually think those are the people that need it the most. Yeah. Who, and what about if you're on an antibiotic? Should you wait until you're finished taking you the antibiotic? You don't need to wait until you're done with the antibiotic. Oh, that's right. good to know. Well, I think the reason that they've discouraged it in the past is because when people have a common cold, have an antibiotic for a, a respiratory illness of some kind or whatever, and they have the flu shot, they blame everything that's going on with, <laughs> on the flu uh, shot. On the flu shot, <laughs> and of course they're going to have a hacky cough for two or three weeks at least. And and oh, that's that darn flu shot that did it. I'll never do another one. And the answer is, ah, it didn't come from the flu shot. It was because you had the cold. Yeah. And maybe it makes things even better because it, your immune system is all kicked in. So who gets the flu shot? I mean, how old? To what yeah. age? Six months is the bottom age for a flu shot, and you can get a flu shot. Uh, there's no upper limit. So no upper shot. limit. 
If you're older than 113, we would we would say you could skip it if you if, if you, you wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> but what's important to remember is that we in medicine um, sometimes will call pneumonia the old man's friend because it is a very deadly disease, particularly in elderly individuals, and that is one of the big problems with influenza is that it's not just the influenza; it's the infections that, that follow it that follow it, the pneumonia that follows it. So influenza and its complications are deadly, especially in the very old or the very young. So if you want to skip your flu shot when you're 113 years old, you better have decided that, you know what, I'm ready for my exit. Yeah. Let's talk about the pneumonia shot. There are two shots now. I mean, what? how do you make sense of those two shots? Oh, I love the fact that there's two shots now. You know, what people need to realize is that this second shot we're giving is not a new shot. It's a shot we've been giving to babies pretty much the entirety of my career. And they recognized that when we started immunizing these babies, the rates of hospitalization with these types of pneumonia dropped in those older folks because the people around them weren't bringing them that illness. (laughs) So now we're giving it directly to the older folks too. The important thing to know, and I hear this a lot, well, how can I have pneumonia? I had my pneumonia shot. The pneumonia shots really only protect you from certain strains of pneumonia, certain types of bacteria. So the original pneumonia shot we had protected you from one subset. This pneumonia shot protects you from another subset. There's still an awful lot of things out there that can make you sick. And it's also important to recognize that no shot's perfect. Right. So the, the old shot was the, for the adult. The, the yes. Prevnar was the, ki- the, the kid one. The kid one. Yep. And the 21 valent pneumovax is the one that was for the adults. Now yep. we realize that maybe the Prevnar is a little bit better. And if you've not already had the pneumovax, you should probably start with the Prevnar. The Prevnar. And yep. so you have the Prevnar. And you want a year between them. 65, and then you take a year between them, and you take the Lumovax, the second shot, and government will pay for that. Yep, government pays for both of them, which is wonderful. If you've had the Lumovax before you were 65, can you have the Lumovax afterwards? I can't think of any reason not to. That's the right right answer. I would do it. The government will pay for it. Uh, Will they pay for a, a third or a fourth shot after 65? No. Is it appropriate to get a shot after? It may. But mm-hmm. right now, the standard is at least you get Prevnar and Pneumovax a year apart. Either way, Pneumovax first, Prevnar, Prevnar later, second. if you've already had your Pneumovax. Um, and yeah. get that this as is something you two are so aware of, and I've never heard this. <laughs> I mean, I have taken, I took my pneumonia shot whenever, I don't know, right. five, at least five years ago. No one's ever told me to get a second shot. Did that just come I'm out I'm telling recently? you right now. I it's, know you are. It's in the last year, It's in the past year. Okay. Within the last year. Now, there are people who should get that second shot early or they get their first shot early if you have certain chronic illnesses, um, if you have, for example, a cochlear implant. I mean, there are people who should have those shots early asthma patients. asthma diabetes uh, reasons that your immune system don't work properly cancer right. um, certain medications we give for arthritis or certain types of arthritis or um, certain types of immune system problems so. but, but it's just absolutely amazing uh, uh, baby illnesses you know severe infections um, Pneumonia, meningitis, meningitis, pneumonia is bloodstream just, infections. Just, just 
almost uh, reduced in half or uh, and down to a third of what it was before when after the pneumonia vac the Prevnar came yeah, out. The Prevnar and the Hib made a huge difference. Were you you pr did you start practicing before the? I, before Pneumovax, but not before Hib. But I remember sitting in. Now, and what is Hib? Uh, Haemophilus B influenza. That's another shot that that we give to infants. And I remember sitting in the intensive care unit at what was then Sioux Valley Hospital with one of my pediatric preceptors, and we had a, a young patient with um, meningitis uh, who had not gotten all of her vaccines. Uh, she was maybe three, I think. And I remember him saying to me, wow, before that hip vaccine, we used to have three or four meningitis patients in here all, at all times, and now we can go a month or two without one. So it, it really makes a, a difference. Huge, huge, huge difference, difference in health care kids. Yeah. And it's also important to remember, you know, we're all a community. So those adult diseases definitely impact children. Uh, this is why anybody who's going to be around young children really should make sure that they've had their pertussis shot, their Tdap. Okay. Now, that's not something that Medicare will pay for, uh, but many grandparents and great-grandparents decide, you know what, I don't care. I'm going to get it to protect my baby. Right. And that's a really important thing. Well, um, but it's very interesting. I mean, and you you said this a little bit earlier, but I thought I'd, I'd bring it up again. It's amazing that the Prevnar vaccine in children, they estimate, saves 10,000 elderly lives a year. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> it's the Prevnar in children that prevents death in the elderly. In the elderly. That's called herd immunity. Yes. And, and it's, uh, you know, kids with snotty noses and all these infections, and they come and see grandma and grandma and grandpa, and car sh they carry it off to all of their friends. And, you know, it's just, uh, it's a different world now with vaccinations. Yeah. And that concept of herd immunity is just so critical. It's critical for our children. It's critical for our older people. It's critical for everybody. For a couple of reasons. Number one, no vaccine is 100%. I can get my flu shot and still get still get influenza. It tends to be a more mild illness, but it's just not 100%. So even if you get your shot, you can't guarantee that that shot's going to work. There are people who can't get their shot. Maybe they're too young. Maybe they're on one of these immune su system suppressing drugs. Maybe they have cancer and we just know that it's not going to work for them. And the only way we have to protect those people is to protect everybody around, around them. them. So getting those shots, even if you don't... Don't you know, do it if for you. If you don't do it for you, do it for all the people around you, especially that flu shot. That's just a really important thing. You may be a perfectly healthy 30-year-old who's really unlikely, not impossible, but unlikely to end up in the hospital, but you come into contact with other people all day long. Children, elderly people, help protect them. Get your flu shot. Well, Deb, is. you got the point across. I, I hope, hope so. so. Get <laughs> out there and get that flu shot. We're due to take our second break. We'll be back right after these words. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. We're happy to have you listening today. We hope you are ready to go out and get that flu shot if you haven't yet. Our guest today is Dr. Deb Johnston, who is a um, family practice physician with the Vera Medical Group Brookings, and Dr. Holm, and she have been discussing immunizations and their importance. And this week, uh, tomorrow night, Dr. Rob Allison from Peer, he's just a great guy, and, and uh, he will be leading the discussion on haute cuisine, our group of um, 
of uh, eight groups of 12 are, are for me, m make mu muscles move more and eat correctly. Your research study, Our which research is going study. on now, is called For Me. For Me, and we have been discussing this week carbohydrates, good and bad, proteins, good and bad, and so we're touching on the nine essential amino acids, the kinds of foods that bring you the building blocks. You know, when you think about the, the foods that you eat, you really eat food to build your body, which is a protein, and foods to give you energy, which is the sugar. The carbohydrates. And fats are your storage for sugars. And so, I mean, basically, that's what you eat. You, be, you eat food to build, which is protein, and you eat food for energy, which is carbohydrates. Um, and we talked about monosaturates and um, disaccharides and polysaccharides and, and so on and so forth. Do you have any comments about milk allergy, disaccharide, lactase, any of that particular uh, deal, milk allergies? Well, you know, I think it's really important to recognize that there's a difference between there's different types of allergies for one one thing but another thing is a lot of people who think that they're allergic to milk really are lactose intolerant um, and although I love milk and my children drink milk it's not the only way to get your calcium it's not the only way to get your protein so there all are alternatives for people who have legitimate milk allergies some people with milk allergies, if you, if that milk is processed at a high temperature, for example, I've baked a cake and there's milk in it, you're going to be fine with that. It depends again on exactly what you're allergic to and um, or intolerant or intolerant to. So it it's a little bit of a nebulous situation. There's not a one size fits all answer. No, that's a, isn't isn't it interesting that Northern Europeans or uh, Caucasians in general, uh, tolerate milk 80% of the time. Can't drink milk 20% of the time. If you take the rest of the world, blacks, Mediterranean, dark Asians, people, Asians American Indians, 80% of them cannot drink milk. 20% can. Because of that lactose intolerance issue right. in large part, yeah. Right. The All of them can drink milk as a baby, almost 90, 99.9%. They lose that lactase uh, enzyme as they get older in 80% of the cases in all the rest of the world yeah. except for the Northern Europeans. And, and there's, most people have some lactase function. It's a matter of how much milk you drink, how much lactose you take in versus how much lactase you have in your system. Lactase so being the enzyme that cleaves the disaccharide, the double sugar yep. that is in milk. And a uh, relative deficiency in that enzyme is usually the culprit when people have lactose intolerance. And what would be the symptoms of someone with lactose Usually it's bloating, stomach upset, diarrhea, just don't feel good after you right. have that dairy so, intake. So the sh disaccharide, the two built the, the 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 two the double sugar that you drink that you don't have the enzyme to break it into single sugars that can be absorbed isn't absorbed in the small intestine gets all the way to the large intestine where the bacteria can get have it. a field day and mm -hmm. they go whoopee and make beer is what they say <laughs> they, they do and uh and so then you get bloating and gas formation and abdominal discomfort so that's why some people cannot tolerate milk as an adult now a clue 
for another problem is lactose and lactose intolerant uh, people who have celiac disease have a dis uh, diseased small intestine and sometimes they develop a secondary lactose, lactose intolerance. intolerance but once you you get them fixed they can drink milk again yep that interesting it is very since interesting since you're discussing these different facets of health what do you think of the probiotics that have become popular in the past mm-hmm. yeah. oh 20 years what or do you so think, yeah you know i definitely think that there's a role for those probiotics Um, I will frequently, when people are on antibiotics, when women have kind of resistant vaginal infections, I'll I'll have them use the probiotics. It's a, you know, not everybody can do it. There's some people who you really don't want to be deliberately exposing to bacteria, even if they're quote-unquote healthy bacteria. Um, I think this is an area where the, the data maybe is a little bit not as strong, not as, it as, strong as it could be, as it should be, um, where practice is maybe ahead of the data, but it generally seems to be a pretty benign thing, and I have an awful lot of people who seem to get a lot of benefit from it. So in the absence of, of harm... So so there's a variety of different uh, probiotics out there. I know that Dr. Goodvangen suggests for women who have vaginitis secondary to antibiotic use, yep. he'll have them take... A biogia, biogaia, biogaia yeah. tablet, one by mouth and one vaginally. by vaginally, mm-hmm. uh, vaginally, uh, and we'll do that uh, for the period of time that they've been on antibiotics, and then uh, for a, a little while longer, once a day that he does that. Uh, yep. Do you use that particular? I do. I, I use that, and I use that technique for those women. Uh, you know, one of the challenges with the probiotics is that the the quality of the probiotic can be very variable. Is it the the right bacteria? Is that bacteria still living? I mean, that you don't dead bacteria doesn't do you much good. Dead dead probiotics don't do you much good, and that's one of the big problems and one of the big challenges in this particular area. I think is that quality is is the product. quality and and the, the FDA the basic, does not review correct. the supplement. It's a supplement, so it's not subject to FDA oversight, which is one issue. But the other issue is just kind of the shelf stability. I mean, how long is that bacteria going to stay alive in that little in that container. delivery system? Yeah. So, um, uh, I, I think though there is uh, there are supplements that are that are is it USP? I can't remember what it is. Yeah. It's, and c- and there's a three letter. We are reviewing this, and it's it's at a different level of quality. And I think Nature Made, for one example, is a brand that is uh, that strives to do U.S. I think U.S.P. Whatever those three letters are, to to be to verify the the content has quality. I mean, that's one of the the big challenges with the supplement industry is that there's not there's no mandatory regulation so that you don't necessarily know that what you think you're taking is actually in the pill and there may be other things in the pill that are are harmful so um, that's one big challenge you know uh, consumers report I mean it's not not my journal it's yep. not the doctors it's consumers uh, union consumers report did a, a review of uh, what's in the supplements uh, and found that in some supplements even by the same brand yeah, in some bottles. In some bottles, there was none of it oh in my there. Goodness. And then in <laughs> others, there were five times as much 
Uh, so uh, I think the buyer has to be where That's the drawback to supplements. Yeah. Yes. You just, you're not Get, try controlled to find by that, the FDA. Try to find that USP thing and go with a standard brand. And, and yep. Okay. Well, we're going to take our final break. Uh, we'll be back right after these words. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. This has been a really interesting show for me. I hope it has been for all you listeners out there. Dr. Deb Johnston and Dr. Rick Holm are here discussing various health issues. And as Dr. Holm said at the outset of the program, tomorrow night uh, on call with cuisine is going to be discussing (laughs) haute cuisine. I I had no idea that's how that word was pronounced. I I always mentally said haute. Haute. Yeah. (laughs) Well, there's an H. Haute. Yes. Oat is pronounced like what you feed horses, and cuisine is rhymes with Holstein. Well, I'll just say fancy. <laughs> fancy yeah. food. Fancy, fancy food for good health. So the difference really between oat cuisine and typical American food is, you know, you have a big plate with tiny little designs and a f- small amount of quantity of calories in an oat cuisine piece from f- French cooking, and then in American it's piled high with chicken, fried chicken, and mashed potatoes, and gravy, and... And uh, and then you're done. You have apple pie a la mode. I mean, you know, it's, it's the, the huge that difference. That is not oat. Uh, so, but the I I think the one take home I, I kind of like the it's fun to talk about is quality of protein, and the very best protein there is that has the nine essential amino acids better balanced than any other food is the incredible egg. It had it got a bad rep oh 20 years ago when they were concerned about the cholesterol yolk the answer is your body eats up that cholesterol it doesn't get absorbed as cholesterol it has nothing to do with anything and it doesn't raise your cholesterol eat an egg or two a day if you're sick if you were sick and i was trying to nurse you back to wellness the first thing i would be giving you is uh is um scrambled eggs scrambled have either one of you seen the uh youtube video that kevin bacon and his brother did on eggs it is so funny well they said we're the bacon brothers we should talk about eggs and it's a public service announcement video that they do just pull up youtube and put kevin Kevin bacon Bacon and eggs They are so funny. Kevin Bacon and Eggs. Ba- Kevin Bacon it. and Eggs, and they really promote <laughs> eggs. It is pure enjoyment. So one one good thing about uh, uh, the food that we eat, eggs are good for you. You know, in fact, everything but, but is good you know, for you if you just eat the qu- smaller quantity. It, I also want to put a little plug in here that you don't need animal protein. There are other high-quality proteins well, you, out there. You live so with a vegetarian. I live with a vegetarian who's spent time as a vegan. And there are other very high-quality plant proteins out there. So Beans the and rice. Beans and rice. Legumes quinoa, and cereal. All those yep. combinations. If you if don't feel that you have to eat pro, eat animal proteins, don't feel that if you don't like eggs, you're cheating yourself. Variety is really important. Um, the less processed your food is, the better. That's the that's the take, take home. home. Well, thank you thank so you much, Dad. We hope all of you enjoyed our Prayer Doc Radio program, and we'll listen for next week. My, I appreciate having Dr. Home and Deb Johnston here, and I guess that's all till next week, Dr. Yeah. Home. Stay healthy out there, people.